Well, we are taking some time on Fridays to talk about things like food, new restaurants, places to check out, perhaps on the weekends if you want to do that. Today, we are going to focus on wine. And Tanya Tomachevska is joining us now, a banking lawyer turned wine professional. That sounds absolutely perfect. Tanya, thank you so much for being with us. Hi, Jill. Thank you for inviting me to join today. Well, I'm so excited because I know you're just back from a a short trip where you were looking at some BC wines and you advise parties involved with the BC wine industry. You also uh, take part in wine tastings. So we are so happy to be able to kind of tap into your expertise on this. Where do you want to start today? Well, I'm going to be really Canadian and I'm going to talk about the weather, but more (laughs) (laughs) more specifically, I thought I'd chat about weather and wine and uh, how they go together. So wine is about a lot of things, but ultimately I think it's about geography and farming. You just can't have good wine without good farming. Uh, A lot of this will relate to things like soils, how you take care of your land, the kind of grape varieties you grow, but mother nature plays a huge role. Absolutely. I'm glad you're bringing that up because it's so much, isn't it? The wine and the product that we get to enjoy as consumers. You don't think so much all the time about what went into that and and things that farmers and wine growers probably had to endure. Absolutely. And let's just have a think about, you know, what we experienced here on the coast where I'm based as well this autumn. Um, For the most part, autumn and harvest season for our growers started really, really late, like in August. You know, our dog days of summer stretched well into October. We had long, hot, dry and sunny days. As you know, this led to drought in a lot of places, and that was extremely challenging for a lot of farmers, particularly here, particularly here on the coast. But on the flip side, it was a boon for many grape growers, and it was really a big shot in the arm, which our local industry needed. Yeah, because certainly uh, the local industry dealing with weather, dealing with all of those things, and they were not uh, immune to the pandemic either, although uh, did some really creative things, I know, to, to keep very relevant and get their product out. But it can be a difficult one. Absolutely. And, and as you mentioned, uh, there were a lot of pandemic pivots, as you say, in the last couple of years. And like many other sectors and industries, our local wine industry faced a lot of challenges that are happening in our market, and if not globally. Uh, some of those relate to extreme weather events. And uh, in the last couple of years, the crop sizes were down and they were reduced below averages uh, due to things like cold weather, smoke from forest fires, uh, operations were disrupted because of um, flooding events. But this year, because of the great weather, the size of this year's crop ended up being much better than people thought. If you and I were having this conversation in August, a couple of months ago, about where I thought this vintage was going in terms of crop production, it would be a different story. So that last three or four weeks in our very long summer really turned things around for a lot of people. And did it turn it around then for specific varieties of grapes or it was kind of good news across the board for wine, uh, for grape growers? Great question. I think it depends on where you are in our wine growing regions. I mean, the Okanagan Valley is our largest production producing area. We also have growers on, on the coast, as you know, and in Fraser Valley in different regions. I think it does depend on the pocket of the wine region you're in and for certain grape varieties. Uh, the cooler climate varieties had a bit more time hanging on, hanging on the vine, so to speak. But I am aware of growers down the South Okanagan who 
ended up having enough time for the big red grapes. So I think it was a mix between where you were and your position in the wine region. I mean, I won't get too cork dork and descend into things <laughs> about specifics of aspects and so forth. Great question. I think it might lead to us still having seeing a lot more perhaps rosé and whites next year. Um, but I know people who were picking big reds in just a couple of weeks ago in, in south of November. So I, uh, in the early parts of November. So I think we're just going to have to see how it goes next year when we're tasting the wines. Okay, if we have to do that, we have to do that. So we can, we can rise to that challenge. Um, and are you you were talking about or, or suggesting as well that so this seems like a not the worst problem to have too many grapes. Well, interesting question. Yes. So in addition to having that shot in the arm of the extra long, hot, sunny days that grape growers really needed in order for their grapes to have sufficient ripeness to harvest to make wine. What they, what they found is that they ended up having more grapes than the, they had forecast for. So they were expecting a lower crop. So some growers actually ended up having more grapes that reached sufficient uh, ripeness to make wine. And uh, after they picked them, they were calling, some were calling around to their colleagues in the industry, seeing if anyone wanted to buy some surplus grapes. So again, um, you know, if you, we had had this conversation a couple of months ago, I, I wouldn't have thought that that would occur, but it did. So um as you mentioned, I just got back from a wine industry conference I went to in Penticton this week, and I could sense a relief amongst producers, not only because they ended up having um, more grapes than they anticipated, but also because of that uh, great growing uh, period at the end of the season, they expect that the quality of the fruit is going to be really high. And many are really optimistic about how that's going to translate into great wine for this vintage. That is great to hear. It's nice to get some good news and to hear about people being so optimistic about that. So were you able to taste some wines or what did you uh, what did you learn while on this mission <laughs> oh in Penticton? Well, yeah, well, I usually try and taste quite a bit of wine. My personal motto is always be tasting. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, but I, I do it professionally and I suppose in my non-professional hours. I, so I get to try quite a bit of wine, but what I'm finding back to getting uh, back to the topic of weather, that with the shift in the weather, um, I'm finding that the kind of wines I feel like having at the end of the day or with friends are moving to what I would call weighty winter whites um, mm-hmm. or, or warming winter reds, um, just as we head towards more of a harvest or holiday season. So I find for this time of year, I'm liking things like Chardonnay or Viognier's and Merlot-dominant blends and Syrah. So yeah, in terms of styles, uh, happy to share a few picks if you if you like. Yeah. You'd like me to share? Yes, please. <laughs> um, well, in those kinds of styles, we can find uh, wine selections from all over the world across different price ranges to suit our budgets. Uh, in your local liquor store, your private retailers. But since we're speaking about our local industry today, I thought I'd have a few in mind of some of our small, independent, or uh, family-run wineries in those kind of categories of wine. Uh, So a few examples in the whites, I have in mind uh, a Chardonnay from Meyer family. They're based in Okanagan Falls, uh, south of Penticton. I know Chardonnay can be polarizing for many, but I, I really encourage people to try a Chardonnay. This one is beautifully balanced. I think it goes with all sorts of lovely holiday fare or just on its own and really any time of year. And for those people who are into French wine, so, uh, Southern Rhone French wines and blends with uh, grapes like Roussan, Marsan, and Viognier, 
Then maybe have a look for a bottle called Figaro, and it's from a, a winery called Terra Vista Vineyards, and that's on the Naramata bench just north of Penticton. So those are two small family-run wineries um, and just examples of those kinds of categories of white wine that I'm enjoying at, at right now during the season. Yeah, it's interesting you said that too, kind of the shift in the weather. And I think people do make that shift or even if it's not, you're drawn to that other wine and not realizing that it is because it's a bit cooler and they're more, I, I, just more kind of cozy. Absolutely. And they're great with when we're going into things like roasted root vegetables and maybe some creamy pastas and some uh, more structured seafood or chicken and turkey with stuffing. Those sorts of wines are, are really lovely. And for people who would like to stick with their whites, but they're coming out of summer, drier, uh, lighter styles, and they'd like to go a bit more weighty and rounded. So so that goes with food. And then if I'm feeling that I need the warmth and I'm missing a bit of the sunshine, then I might try some wines from the South Okanagan or Sinokamine Valley. So, for example, uh, from Clotus Le Vineyards, they have a really nice wine called Celestial, which is a Bordeaux blend, a mix of four or five different red grapes. And if anyone is familiar with the drive from Hope Princeton to Asoyuz, the Highway 3, then that is where the grapes come from. And uh, it's just a nice, lovely red wine, a great winter warmer. Uh, is another example. And there you can just kind of feel and taste the sun. So if anyone is wanting to think back to what it was like on those summer days, there is a pick. (laughs) All right. Uh, Any other picks? And also let's get into prices in case people are curious as to what price range these wines are in. Yeah, maybe just while I'm on the red, I get asked often about uh, what we call single variety reds. And so another one in the South Okanagan perhaps try something from Brache Brothers. So that's um, their local, again, small producers located on the Black Sage Bench, which is between a Soyuz and Oliver. And uh, I mentioned geography earlier, and that area is really in our one true desert in Canada. So beautiful, long, hot days, and that translates to nice, big, round, red wines in a Cabernet Franc. I quite like theirs, or Merlot or Syrah. So, so uh, Brache Brothers. Um, now, in terms of all of these wines I've just mentioned, you, one can find them now in a combination of the BC Liquor Store, Jack's, small retailers, or you can always go to the website for those wineries and order directly online. Um, it's subject to stock, and they'll send it to you um, if you're in British Columbia. Uh, and uh, for pricing, these bottles I've chosen or are recommending are in the $25 to $30 category per bottle. So they can be a special treat for you, or also these are great host guests host gifts as they were coming into the holiday season. Yes, and people actually getting back and doing more of those in-person gatherings. Uh, I get asked all the time (laughs) about what to take if one is going or what to drop on a doorstep. So these are just a few ideas um, for any local, for uh, just a few of many that we have in the province that are wonderful gifts. All right, Tanya, thank you so much. So great suggestions and bringing us up to date on what's happening in the Okanagan area. Thank you so much for being here, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. It's been a delight. Thank you for inviting me. I look forward to it.